Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. Good morning and welcome back to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, a series that salutes and recognizes women that are making an impact in our community. This show is proudly presented by CAB Incorporated, and since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, and rail and automotive with their precision machined and iron steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women series. The series is also brought to you in part by McCarthy Building Companies and Cat Rangers. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome a powerhouse guest, Sparrow Marcioni. She is not only the president and executive director of Cat Rangers, but she is also the CEO of Linux Labs. Good morning, Sparrow. Good morning. Are you doing well today? Yes, glad, absolutely. Glad to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us. I will start out really quickly simply because we have such a, a passion for our furry friends by letting you speak about your role within Cat Rangers. <laughs> Well, I was uh, one of the founders over uh, coming up on 10 years, but seven years in the location where we are now. And uh, I've stayed involved as a volunteer uh, all this time. And uh, I'm still responsible for, for making sure everything goes smoothly and we're rescuing the kitties. Now, that for the listeners that are unfamiliar with your establishment in Buford, I understand that it's a home-like setting. So in my mind, because I haven't visited it, I'm picturing just a beautiful house that has all of our furry friends running around where someone that might like to adopt them can come and, and visit and possibly see who their friend might be. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it was uh, a residence at one time, and it's been several businesses before we moved in, so it's been acclimated to uh, a business environment, but it's still set up just like someone's living room with different rooms. Each cat kind of chooses their environment, and they tend to hang out in their own spaces that they, that they feel comfortable in. Now, is it furnished like for humans, or is it more geared towards cats with all those fun play? <laughs> um, I don't know what those are called, the towers that have the holes that they climb in and out of? Yeah. We, we've decorated it for a house so that the humans are comfortable, because um, when we originally started, we were m thinking of going more towards a cat cafe concept. Um, and we kept it that way because it seemed to work well for people coming in to adopt. Mm -hmm. The cats are, they learn to be comfortable in a home environment. Um, we do have cat trees. They got to go vertical, you mm -hmm. know, so we've got the stuff for the cats too, but we're mostly designed and, and furnished for the people. For the people. I like that. Mm -hmm. And what you mentioned, I didn't even think I uh, put the correlation together, but it's kind of getting them in the mindset the cats um mm -hmm. to be in a home so it's mm -hmm. somewhat home training yeah that's exciting yeah well we were speaking before the show um and your enthusiasm was definitely shining through tell our listeners how you got into the the world of cat rescuing <laughs> now let me just give the little tagline first mm -hmm. because you're the special forces there excuse me um what is it it's because cat special forces just didn't sound right. So you're the cat rangers. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you started wrangling these cats. So we, I've always been a cat person. I've always been involved with cats. I've learned over the years um, the skills of a cat behaviorist. So that's something that's always been a part of my life. 
Um, but when there was a crisis at, at Lake Lanier at one of the parks where someone was caring for cats that couldn't be adopted and had basically created a colony of over 70 cats, half of which were still intact in one of the parks out there at, at Lake Lanier. And the poor lady was doing the best she could, no doubt, you know, but um, the Corps was not terribly friendly because the Corps of Engineers runs these parks. They mandated the cats had to leave. And it turned into a media frenzy with people threatening lives of the people at the Corps and all kinds of crazy stuff. And we were driving by there, and I'm like, this is where this is going on. Let's stop. I'm going to see what goes on. When I walked up there, there was, like, these people that were, like, at each other's throats like this and I'm like wait let's have a conversation Mm -hmm. here let's try to figure out what's best for the cats and we ended up being this guy says hey you seem to have a clue I think I'm only going to talk to you from now on (laughs) I'm like what did I just do (laughs) you (laughs) self-appointed you've been (laughs) self-appointed so you know at the at the when they started removing the cats because they had to mandate that they be removed because that's too many you know um, it took about 36 different rescues to get all, all of this. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and it was a long-term thing. It took almost two years. But that's how we. I got started there. We started working with um, meeting the other rescue groups. We didn't have a place for the cats at that time. We were, we were either um, transferring and helping to, to get cats in safe places through other rescues right. or um, fosters, you know. And then we got the house, and that made things a whole lot easier. Things changed. Now, is there overnight care in the home? Because I'm wondering, are you able just to leave the cats unsupervised? (laughs) I mean, like when you go home and go to sleep? Or is there someone that just peeks in? Or do you have kitty surveillance? Well, we have a little surveillance, but for the most part, they're okay. I mean, we're there there from 9.30 until midday or early afternoon, depending on the day. And then we have someone that comes back in in the evening and does all the feeding and meds. So they're they're taken care of twice a day. Yeah. But they're there getting into all kinds of things when we're not there. Mischievous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to keep it Mm cat-proofed, but, you know. We generally have about 50 cats at any given time in the house. So from the 70 that you, from the original colony, we could call it, um, how many remain? Or were you able to successfully rehome or? They were all uh, feral cats. So they had to be moved to other feral colonies or um, other rescues that had to help find barns or, you know, so they had to be placed in a different environment than Mm -hmm. ours is. So we didn't end up with, well, we did. We ended up, I adopted one. Just one. I still have her. You still have her. She's the one that started it all. Yeah, that's her. Her name is Skylar. Skylar, how pretty. (laughs) Well, that sounds fantastic. A wonderful story of rescue. Mm. Um, 70, that's so many. It is. And over a two-year period of time. Mm. I bet you've experienced a lot of challenges in your role. Talk a little bit about how you're able to find resources and where funding comes from to support your initiative. Well... Our, our funding for cat rangers is predominantly through our adoption fees and, and donations from our supporters. And uh, I'm probably the largest supporter. <laughs> you are all. <laughs> but uh, I guess some of the greater challenges is, is finding enough fosters mm-hmm. to help with that because we can't put the kittens in the house. We can only have the cats that are old enough to have an immunity, you know, to live in a multi-cat environment. 
Um, so we have to have fosters for all of the kittens and mom cats that we rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be a challenge, you know, because mm-hmm. then you have to maintain the fosters, right? Are you responsible for, like, providing food and, and um, a com- or care for the cat when they're in a foster scenario? Yeah, about half of the time. Some of our fosters like to do that themselves because they like to be giving. Right, to giving the, back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, we do we do provide a lot of the kitten food because wow. it's, it's not, that's not, that's an in, not an inexpensive No, task. yeah, it's high protein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's that challenge. And then as far as the fundraising, we have not had the staffing we need to do a lot of out, outside events and, mm-hmm. and fundraising like that. But we are just getting to that point now. So we're, we're looking for some other outside fundraising events, events that we can get involved in or do on our own. Yes, and hopefully once this crisis is um, is yeah. over, then you can get back out there yeah. and, and showcase all the little furry, furry <laughs> friends that you guys have available. Now, you have a website that mm-hmm. um, people are able to visit and kind of look at the cats. I know our producer and studio owner, Mike, enjoys perusing, perusing <laughs> through the website, and he sometimes finds... <laughs> sometimes <laughs> finds cats that are attractive but he's been banned from bringing any more home <laughs> so with that before we shift gears to your other role the hat that you wear within Lennox I'd like to play a, a little clip for you from okay. our sponsor Cat Rangers okay. Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time they are the special forces of cat rescue and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. <laughs> Did you like yes. it? Yes. For our listeners, that was the first time Spiro has heard Aww. that commercial. And everybody that sits in the seat always has a big gleaming smile <laughs> after they hear it because of the little meows. But I'm so glad to have seen the look on your face after hearing that. So for our listeners out there, please visit um, catrangers.org and you can find out how you can help today. If you're um, on our homepage by chance listening live, we also have a donate now button. So any way you're able to help, it would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Shifting gears to the other hat that you wear in life, Sparrow. I'm sure there's many in life, yeah, but we'll just yeah. talk about it as far as <laughs> as far as work is concerned. You're also the CEO of Lennox Labs. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that company. Mm. Lennox Labs is uh, obviously Lennox-oriented development. Um, we started out by building an operating system that worked for supercomputers, and that uh, that operating system was at the time faster it assisted in in uh, improving the speed of the supercomputers that we were building now we tend to build uh, we tend to do more software development and and even some firmware development but um it's still based on uh speed uh achieving the highest throughput on Mm -hmm. the devices Um, we built uh, an operating system for the mitsubishi field tablet uh, the one that they had technicians take out in the field. Yeah. You know, we, we had to build that. We wrote the operating system for their field tablet. Uh, because it was a tablet, it had to be really small, mm-hmm. right? So we had to use our skills that we had already honed from building supercomputers. Mm-hmm. Um, then we kind of went over into the security side of the of the development field, and that got us into doing penetration testing and oh. network security audits and things in re- in that relation it it uh, it was kind of a 
a diversion because of the people that we had working with us at the time. We kind of sat down and said, okay, we're doing pretty good at this. What resources does everyone have? And I even have a security background. Mm -hmm. Mine is physical security rather than network security or other types of security. But anyway. There are <coughs> parallels, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to think through the same process. The thought process is very much the same. Um, we're working on developing a key fob type device now that will allow people to secure their computer terminals or their phones and automatically when they go away from it it automatically logs you out and provides an actual secure connection between you and that device we wow. it's been written it's been done for um, medical the medical field mm -hmm. that's what we're building it for um, but it's very applicable to a lot of other things as well and we're past the prototype stage, so we're now in the, the we're actually oh. now going to manufacturing. That is so cool. I just, I'm trying to get, um, wrap my mind around it. I'm still stuck on the fob thing. How innovative. First, <laughs> a cheers to you for that. Um, I'm imagining sitting at my desk and having like a, a key fob similar to the one to start your car in the same concept mm -hmm. that you're able to unlock it when you and the fob are near and that it secures your your device or your vehicle when you walk away. That's yeah, genius. Exactly. Very nice. And you said you're developing that for the medical field. Are you contracted by people to build specific we things? We usually are. This is something that we took on our own and decided to develop. Our, our other products that we've developed have been under a contract, and then we retained ownership of the code afterwards. Um, this one, our target market is the medical field but we are still in the process of, of actually securing contracts. So mm -hmm. we don't have a secured contract yet. Okay. We had to get the, the development a little further along. Of course, yeah. So how large, I'm imagining that that takes um, quite a bit of manpower and definitely a lot of the brain power behind it. How many people are on your team? There's only about 15 of us. Wow. Yeah, we've never been any bigger than that. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been fortunate to get some huge contracts good for you i mean mitsubishi is a massive company that is and you know when you said the field um their field tech i, I know exactly what you're talking about you see them all with the ipads in their mm -hmm. hand that's the evolution um, of technology in the field today yeah even something as simple as chick-fil-a the chick-fil-a drive-through they have the ipads everybody yeah. has it um if if um you're able to reference a project outside of the mitsubishi one that you've had great success with would you be able to share another success story <laughs> Or I'll is share that one. No, I'll share one with you. <laughs> Private. Well, uh, there's a lot of interesting stories mm -hmm. that come about from this, but we developed, we had to, we were hired to re-engineer a component of the Bally gaming slot machines. Oh. Okay, so when you do a project like that, you're in higher security levels than you are for our government, okay? So, and they contract each, each component out to different companies, uh -huh. right? So we had one little piece of this mm -hmm. but but we were involved in in developing the the new firmware for the ba all of the gal bally slot machines so in las it. vegas or anywhere there everywhere casinos, like harris all of cherokee all of wow. the all of the bally slot machines had this uh, had the firmware did that require you or a technician physically going out to each one of these machines or is that no. something you could provide mm -hmm. to the 
uh, company or the casino or whoever, and then they were able to they they it. they controlled every okay. aspect of it. This is yeah, no, highly paranoid people. Yeah, well, I can imagine <laughs> because you know they want to make sure that everybody's shooting straight in those casinos. They don't want to have any yeah, any they don't want any developers like writing in a back door so they can always yeah, win either. Winning, yeah, winning, mm. ding 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a large project. That's amazing. I know you and I have chatted before, and I've heard the story of Cat Rangers, but I never had an idea of how vast and how robust your responsibility was um, in different arenas. Let's back up just a little bit because we fast forwarded very quickly. I'm, I'm the fastest talking host in the South um, to all of your achievements uh, within the organizations. Tell us about how you ended up in Atlanta and how you discovered passions within either one of those mm, fields. That was a transition. I was really young, so I ended up in Atlanta because of a divorce with, you know, f following with my brother to Atlanta when I was really young. And uh, Atlanta was interesting back then. It was in the 70s, you know, so Atlanta had some very interesting communities and very creative environment. I was already a very creative person. Mm -hmm. So the majority of the beginning of my career was marketing-oriented, promotion-oriented, and one of the things that uh, uh, is hard to imagine now, because I'm a lot older, I was one of the mannequins at Limelight. So I had a lot of very you know, diverse things going on there, and working there was um, quite different, you know. But I had already, I already had two children and was a single parent by that time. So it was a little different for me than it was for a lot of the other people that were young people working in a in, in nightclub environment. You know, I had to take things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. So I went through that marketing thing, and then one of my business partners in, in my marketing career was Isaac Hayes, the singer. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had Marcioni and Hayes as a marketing company that for a while. That sounds so familiar. <laughs> we did a lot of really cool that stuff. That really does sound familiar. <laughs> We did a lot of cool stuff. Uh -huh. Of course, he was always, every time I booked him somewhere, his, one of his wives was coming up, handing him another document to get, you know. But besides that. Did you that, say one of his wives? <laughs> <laughs> he had several. Not at the same time. Uh -huh. Some he didn't marry. They just showed up, mm -hmm. you know. But he was, he was a character. Mm. Definitely a character. So I went through all of that. And then I started getting involved in um, working with sponsorships for nonprofits. And, uh, and focusing on, on youth organizations and things like that. So one of the things I started doing here, one of the, the youth-oriented leagues was the Hank Aaron Rookie League, which was started for the inner city housing here in Atlanta. And I don't think it exists today. That was quite some time ago. Um, but we did, we did that. Was that for baseball? Did mm -hmm. you guys play baseball? Okay. Yeah, for the kids in, mm -hmm. the, in the home community, you know, the inner city communities. Yeah. and. Um, it was funded by our city government, so, you know, they at least got involved in, in people, you know, to support the kids. Right. Um, and then that kind of mushroomed into some of the other nonprofit things that I worked with, and I got recruited to do a program called the Inner City Games, which was founded out of Los Angeles in Hollenbeck. It was right after the riots out there. Mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the executive director for that program. How cool. So we I went out there and, and helped with orchestrating that. It was I think nine nine sports, 150,000 children from inner city communities that participated during the course of this program, which all happened. It's like an Olympics for inner city kids, mm -hmm. right? 
So then he said, I think you should do this in Atlanta. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? <laughs> so I ended up starting in inner city games here. I think they, la I think they went for a couple years. It, it, it was difficult. Mm. It was more difficult here. Our, in, our inner city is not as diverse as some of the inner cities of other places. And Did you have the support of our city like you did on the first initiative? Our housing authority here contributed a fair amount of money. It's like 150000 to the budget. Um, so we had the, you know, housing authority mm -hmm. involved. Everybody else just seemed to, it, they were more involved in what's in it for me than mm. they were what's in it for the kids. For the kids and, yeah. and part of that is choosing the wrong, the wrong Partners. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, I, you know, it's not like I, I needed help, right? <laughs> we live we and we learn. We did we could, yeah. you know, but, um, so then I went, I went from that and, and had a, um, a little company called Internet Passport. Mm -hmm. And the Internet Passport was my first venture because I, I saw the writing on the wall as a marketing company. I said, everybody's going to Internet. They're not, they're not doing traditional media anymore. Mm. They're doing Internet stuff. I need to learn how to do Internet stuff. So I went from, uh, okay, I got a marketing company, but I'm going to do marketing for the Internet, right? Brilliant. Okay, yeah, so no, nobody had any idea what I was talking about, right? Yet. <laughs> so somehow... I managed to end up with a partner that in that company that that had uh, a technology for dial-up. All right, at this time we're all dialing. Right? I remember those days. But nobody has a central. No, you you had to change providers. Your MindSpring or your EarthLink or uh, Earth yeah. AOL. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you're not. You don't have a national ISP. Right. The dialing software, if you put it on, you could log into any of the didn't matter which one it made it and created a national yeah. isp mm -hmm. at that time there was no such thing i mean the, the founder of these other companies are still doing their stuff in the basements of their houses you know so i had a company out in, out in california that realized i had this and came in and acquired my company so it, meaning acquired the internet passport it from you? yeah oh good yeah congratulations so it was one of the first internet successes uh -huh. in selling the company and so on and so is forth is it and still around is it just no, changed names? No, they or were a public company. Their goal was to acquire the technology and basically share it. Yeah, because yeah. once you get acquired by a public company, mm -hmm. you kind of get swallowed. Hey, but you started it though. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so that was my transition into the technology, mm -hmm. and then from there, I was I got it more knowledgeable about the technical aspect of it. I'm sitting having conversations with engineers from MCI and the different network guys and they're going I said, how'd you do this I said I don't know it was a total accident we have no idea how we did this you know and I'm like well if you don't know then I don't need to go to college to learn how to do this stuff I should be able to figure it out too yeah so I did wow <laughs> school of hard knocks <laughs> that's amazing well you found something you're passionate about and you dr you drove it all the way home mm -hmm. and you were really on the cutting edge there you know you mentioned the era where internet kind of shifted mm -hmm. um and you were right there on the cusp the cutting edge with the leading technology that's so cool yeah and, and it appears that you're still leading in the technology world yeah we're just staying focused on the security side now because it's much so needed especially during this time you bring up a good point Cybersecurity. everybody's working from home networks are at risk um, because people's the integrity of their wi-fi might not be you know that of their companies so on and so forth mm -hmm. um 
have you been experiencing any any increase in business or demand for your service throughout this this unique time? Hmm. I don't think we've seen enough time yet. I think we're going to not we what we probably won't know that for another few months. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the companies, one of the things that is happening, uh, a lot of the technology companies are are downsizing their staffs. Mm. We we've seen that with a lot of our partners, different ones and that's probably going to create some opportunities for the ones that are in that space. Mm -hmm. um, we will probably have more contracts to do the pen penetration testing and network audits because the more they want to put people in their homes, the more they've got to do that. Right. I mean, there's a requirements that they do that, mm -hmm. especially the medical field. Mm -hmm. Those guys are, they, get, they have a lot of regulations. Yes, and they require a high level of security as mm -hmm. well. So for for the perfect the per, the client that you seek out there, kind of give me an example, maybe because obviously I want this to be useful for you. Um, somebody that's looking to to find Lennox online, where mm -hmm. would they go? Uh, LennoxLabs.com. Okay. And is there a phone number you might like to share or email yes, address? Yes, but I don't have the. Oh, uh, don't worry about it. We'll include it in, in the show notes. <laughs> Let people give it a Google. Um, and what is a picture of your ideal client? You mentioned medical. Do mm -hmm. you work with small businesses like ours? Do you? Oh yeah. Do you target? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are small enough to do, you know, security services for a smaller company. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you could call IBM or one of those guys and buy a space on the Azure cloud or whatever, but. You, they're not going to come in and help you d design anything, and they're not going to help you determine whether you're really secure or not. We, with our audits and things that we do, we have never not gotten in. Never. We've always gotten into the client's network, captured the flag, and then come back out and say, this is we what you it. need to do. Every single client we have now. That's exciting. That's the good news and the bad uh -huh. news. The good news is we don't tell anybody other than the client, obviously. Right. And by the time anybody even knows if they know, we fix the problem. Wow. So it's... Yeah, you prevented you prevented a bigger problem yeah. from occurring. Yeah. Well, that is exciting to me because I am um, not very knowledgeable in, in the tech world like you. And speaking of excitement, before we depart, I'd like to hear about... Um, some of the most exciting life experiences that you've had from wrangling cats or from developing. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a broad spectrum. And we didn't even touch on the fact that you're also a mother. That could be considered <laughs> one of the, the most exciting experiences. Definitely. Um, our audience is, is women listening out there and men too, who are just looking for um, some some inspiration and tips and tricks from a successful woman like yourself. So is there anything that you would like to share um, based on your experience or an experience of your own that you could share with our sure. audience? Well, let me say first that I have two perfect children, okay? They both married their soulmates. Aww. One has three daughters and the other has one daughter. So I have so your four grandma too. grandchildren. Oh. Yes. And we grew up together my children and I, mm -hmm. because I was a single parent, and that made it difficult, but it made us all really close. Mm -hmm. So Do you those have sons things, or daughters? One son, one, one son. daughter. Perfect. So, and they're really close to each other. So that, that has been an inspiration. You know, no matter what, I screw up in my whole entire life. You did, I that, did that right. right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of mothers feel like that. Mm. Congratulations. How old are your grandkids? Like, what are the age ranges? Oh, I've got one. Uh, my, my youngest is six, I think, now. And uh, my other granddaughters, one's uh, about to be driving a car. 
Watch out, and, world. Uh, <laughs> they're stair steps. They're about mm-hmm. they're two and a half to three years apart. Okay. And, down. So and are they in Georgia? Do you get to Oh, visit? yeah. Everybody's, everybody's nearby. Mm-hmm. Very glad to have that. Awesome. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know that your, um, your, the Cat Rangers is in Buford. Where is Lennox located? In Buford as well? Yes. Okay. So do yes. you reside in Buford? Yes. Okay. No, I'm in Flowery Branch. In Flowery Branch. Not yeah. too far. Yeah. Um, I make yeah. it up there sometimes. Well, you know, as far as, you know, what I, w- things that help me to, to stay focused and centered, I try to spend, the bur- the first part of my day, I try to spend reflecting, you know? It, I think it's a regroup, reflect, meditate, however you want to, you know, everyone has their word for that morning time when you can organize your thoughts and decide what you want to do for the course of that day mm-hmm. and not get too far ahead on what I'm going to do two months from now. Even though when you're doing business planning, you have to think that far ahead. Personally, if you start thinking too far ahead, you can get yourself caught in a loop that's too focused on that. And you don't get to enjoy your day-to-day stuff that's very peaceful, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but um, I've always been fairly holistic, and uh, I um, am a Reiki practitioner. Also. What is that? I'm sorry? It's a it's a type of energy work to help to settle the body or work. I work mostly with the cats. How cool! So it helps. It's a calming thing. How to explain you? It's wow, I might be able to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can have a conversation mm-hmm. sometime about that. It was called Reiki. Reiki. R e i k r e i Reiki. Reiki. Okay. Now you mentioned something that um, I do, but I didn't necessarily, I don't necessarily consider it reflection. So in the morning when I get up, I have my coffee and that time to think as well. But you mentioned staying focused on the here and now. And that's something that I, I appreciated hearing because I have a hard time doing that. I Mm -hmm. always, I'm thinking about that two months ahead and I'm also fretting about two months ahead. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't allow me to enjoy now and today yeah so thank you for reminding me of, <laughs> of this moment and I'm very much enjoying this moment with you thank you you're welcome <laughs> with all this exciting stuff that you participate in all the give back that you do to the community and all of the the sav savvy that goes into your tech um, business where do you see yourself five or ten years from now mm. and five and ten is a big leap well, we can start with five <laughs> and then ten <laughs> Oh, that's a big question. My first response is somewhere where there's water, but you think you mean my career more than you do. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> you can pass the, the, the Cat Rangers torch. Um, you can pass the Linux torch. Maybe you sell Linux. I would probably say that that, that would be my exit strategy for Linux would be to sell the company or, or th- some of our technology. We retain ownership of all the technology that we've good for you. developed. So that's something that's a pretty good stable of things mm-hmm. um as far as the cat rangers hey i can see myself sitting there at 90 with the cats on the sofa so i you know I'm <laughs> and that's something i will just share with everybody that she does out of the kindness of her heart that's a total and complete voluntary position so all the time that she devotes to cat rangers is just out of her sheer love for our feline friends and that's a perfect perfect plan sounds like a nice peaceful <laughs> retirement just hanging out with all the kitties but you can also still exercise your passion to mm-hmm. serve and help them also yeah, yeah we help people too mm-hmm. you know we think about it's a cat rescue but realistically we have visitors that come in because you can come you don't have to be adopting to yeah. visit and we have a lot of people that come in to heal from the loss of a pet mm-hmm. or the loss of a friend or a human or different things like that i yeah. mean 
We have one lady that used to come in and read to the cats. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> it was well, her thing. You never, you never know. There could be a lonely person out there, um, someone who's lost their spouse, just like you said, mm-hmm. someone that lives in a place where they can't have animals, yeah. but they've grown up with them. Yeah. They can go and they can just hang out, you know, with the cats at Cat Ranger and socialize yeah. and not have the, the commitment of ownership. Yeah, exactly. That's exciting. Sparrow, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I very much enjoyed chatting with you today. We went from cats to technology (laughs) and everything in between. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank one of our other partners really quickly, and that is McCarthy Building Companies. McCarthy Building Companies is a general-based contractor specializing in healthcare, education, aviation, and commercial construction projects. They are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategy goals. The McCarthy Partnership for women believes diverse perspectives drive better outcomes and they are thrilled to support the celebrating powerhouse women series had to to do that little Mm -hmm. bit there really quickly um is there anything that you'd like to leave our audience with before we say bye-bye oh goodness come visit us at cat rangers absolutely and take a look at the online portfolio Mm -hmm. because they're doing what what type of visits are allowed right now right now we're not we're not going to be doing it's virtual yeah we're yeah. doing virtual um until at least the 13th we're going to kind of regroup revisit there and see how things are going but we've been doing really well with the the virtual stuff so but we're going to be glad to have the cats will be glad to have visitors again so they, they're like star for attention now so <laughs> they attack you when you come in they're like ah, yeah exactly mom. i'm sure they think of you like as a matriarchal figure yeah <laughs> Come pet me, please. I need snuggles. Some more than others. Yeah. Well, everybody that's curious out there, please check out catrangers.org and see if there's a furry friend for you today. Um, even during this pandemic, there's been a, a, a great leap in adoption because mm-hmm. people are looking for a friend and a companion um, or maybe a, what are those things called? An emotional support animal. Yeah, we have those too. <laughs> yeah. Let's get them certified. Mm. Well, Sparrow, thank you so much for joining me today. I've enjoyed our time together. And um, for all of you out there listening, please hit the subscribe button so you can enjoy our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Our shows are available where we live online 24-7 at businessradiox.com. Please select the Gwinnett Studio. Um, You can find us on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube. We dare you to find one that we're not on. (laughs) Please connect with us on social media at Gwinnett Business Radio X. And until next time, I'm Amanda Pierch, and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.